This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to Lama Surya Das's Awakening Now podcast. We are very pleased to share with you Lama's unique illumination of the awakened awareness teachings. If you are interested in supporting Lama Surya Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/suryadas. So, based on the Dzogchen Pith Instruction or Introduction to Our True Nature, Introduction to Our Buddha Mind, Introduction to Our True Nature, we're all Buddhas by nature, we only have to awaken to that, recognize who and what we are. We're all Buddhas by nature, we only have to see through those. It's only temporary obscurations which veil that. That nowness awareness is the authentic, unfabricated Buddha within. Being here now sounds, doesn't sound like much, but it's everything. Think about how distracted we usually are. Living at a little distance from our body, like James Joyce's Leopold Bloom. Or living in our head, not the best neighborhood to live in. So we do certain practices, and chanting is one of them. That's a body energy, body, heart, mind, breath, soul, inspiration, harmonization, um, energization, or yoga, Tibet yoga, the six yogas of Tibet, like what we do in the morning here. Not just physical yoga, but evolving chakras and channels and energies and samadhi or concentrated awareness and so on, and meditation at the end. Be more embodied, getting in touch with the earth and the earth element that's our body and physical sensations, not just in our head like philosophers or sophists, not just being mindful from the eyebrows up. What about the rest of the body and our interactions with others and so on? What about our love life? What about our sex life? What about our work life? What about exercising and dancing and being embodied? What about our animal side, which is also valid and important? Homo sapiens, not just our, what should I call it, postmodern American 
ego and intellect. We're so much more than that and so much richer. Let's exploit our own inner natural resources for change, not just trying to get more from outside or avoid things from outside. Exploit, explore, mine, refine our own inner natural resources for change. Timeless wisdom is like an endangered resource in this world. We overlook it at our peril. So as we're meditating, of sky gazing, of tregchud, of seeing through, of being through, of tregchud in the form of sky gazing, eyes open, ears open, nose open, notice the posture, not like this, not looking inside, not falling over, not too much of this bowing thing, you know? Oh, 10 more minutes to go. <laughs> We're not getting paid by the minute. So take a deep breath and start again, fresh, vivid, wakeful if you're dozing off. Awareness alone, eye gazing, sky gazing, with a gentle gaze, not staring, giving yourself a headache, not looking up, just ah, meeting the world, let's say, or more inly meeting reality directly, head on, this is it. Not manipulating it, not trying to transform it at the moment or purify it, just aware of whatever momentarily presents itself in the body-mind continuum in the present moment, that's the essence of nowness, of presencing, meditation, the essence of mindfulness, aware of whatever presents itself in the body-mind continuum in the present moment, not just watching our breath, that's concentration meditation, but panoramic awareness is the bigger mindfulness, sky-mind, sky-gazing, panoramic awareness, Trung Rinpoche called it. He said, if you feel distracted, Maybe concentrate on your out-breath with 30 or 40%. Of course, you're allowed to breathe in, but a little more concentrate on the out-breath and the principle of releasing, relinquishing, decontracting as an anchor to present awareness. The rest just free-range awareness, panoramic awareness, choiceless awareness, undirected, dynamically present, yet undirected. Just radial, like, uh, what is it, hmm. radar that just sort of goes everywhere at once. Radial, 360 degree sphere of awareness. As Ogchen Master Longchenpa sang, leave it as it is and rest your weary mind. So see, just see through everything, well, impermanent, dreamlike, illusory, ownerless phenomena and noumena. Just rest in the view, incandescent presence, openness and awareness, inseparable. Nothing more to do. Just assume your Buddha seat. Let go and let Buddha do it through you. So I love the sky gazing practice, but we're not sky worshipers. Of course, the sky is just a metaphor for the big expanse, open, aware, you can do it in here. There's a lot of space, rather than closing your eyes and looking inward. It'll help you keep awake. Of course, you can do it eyes closed too. There's an infinite 
deep space without the sun or moon, but still incandescent, clear light in there, spacious clarity, vast, to just rest in and dissolve into. Or the light behind your eyelids as if you're gazing out through your eyes into luminous expanse, undifferentiated, iridescence behind your eyelids is a good space or sky, the inner sky to gaze into. First looking at it and focusing and then breathing out into it and out of it and then becoming it and then being it, just luminosity. Just looking, seeing, freeing or releasing looking, seeing, freeing, or more broadly, experiencing, seeing through, and allowing, letting go, just experiencing whatever form, whatever sense it comes through, experiencing. In hearing, there is just hearing, nothing to listen for, and no one hearing it, as Buddha said. In seeing, just seeing, nothing to look for or look at, and no one seeing it. It's not like there are six monkeys in there behind the six senses. It's just one global consciousness which we can be aware of and polish and refine and enhance the luminosity of it, like polishing a mirror or a diamond that already has intrinsic value. But still there's a little tweaking of improvement there. Polishing the gold, polishing the diamond, polishing the mirror. These are all metaphors for advanced meditation, not just concentrating on the breath or breath counting or mantra chanting or praying for peace or uh, what else do we do? Radiating light and loving kindness and compassion. Not just holding our breath or trying to awaken our Kundalini energy just awareness alone, enhancing the luster of innate awakefulness, the diamond, the Vajra of the Vajrayana, the diamond, the crystal through which we see and are seen, the great radiant eyeball that Ralph Waldo Emerson talked about, being the root of all of his philosophy and teaching and writing. He felt like God's great ra transparent radiant eyeball. That was his mystical experience. The first American philosopher, Emerson, when he was 21. Not unlike Meister Eckhart, we find these universal truths everywhere who said, the eye through which I see God is the eye through which he sees me. Whoa, Rigpa City. So gazing in this practice into the space of shunyata, dare I say, emptiness or the luminous void, and seeing your own true face, your own projections, like two mirrors facing each other in space. Kuntazampo's meditation. Kuntazampo, Kuntazamo, Mr. and Mrs. Primordial Buddha facing each other in intimate embrace, face to face and recognize yourself, and no need to reach out and fall off your Buddha seat. I want that. I want to push away that. Just 
Imaho enjoying the whole radiant display. The natural way of the natural great perfection, Dzogchen. That's why my own Dzogchen mentor and co-founder of Dzogchen Foundation, Yogshu Kempo Rinpoche of Eastern Tibet, later Bhutan, he said, he used to call Dzogchen Nyurdei Dzogpachempo, swift and comfy or cozy, great perfection. Now there's a context to that. It means not no austerities, no sweating and striving, no counting hundreds of thousands of bows and mantras, yantras, tantras, and mudras. Comfy, swift, great perfection. Ah, the joy of meditation, not the chore, not the penance. So any questions, please, especially about the practice we're doing here. Hi. Hi, I'm Suzanne. I'm really honored Hi, to, Suzanne. to be able to be here and, and learn from you. And um, I had two questions yesterday, and now they kind of ballooned into three, but they have a same starting point. So um, I think like some other people here, I started with the 10-day Vipassanas, you know, pretty intense. Me too. Yeah, I know. I read that in your book. Um, narrowing your focus, you know, and that all the teaching I've had so far has been that way, going inward, and it's been it's been actually really beautiful, you know. Mm -hmm. You find that space in you that you'd never knew you had. Right. And um, so I had my two questions yesterday were, given all that background, when I go to sit in meditation now, I feel myself muddied, like, oh, now what am I going to do today? Am I going to, you know, hone in on my breath at this point? Am I going to try the body scan? How about passage meditation? You know, what am I doing today? Now I have another one to throw in there that involves a physical change. Can we go one question at a time? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to monopolize, but... No, no. Is the uh, next two closely related to this? Or can yeah, we talk similar. about this first? It's similar. Okay, go ahead. Well, the other one is, um, then how do you decide which is your practice? And then I kind of came to an answer to that, and I sort of thought, gosh, sitting here with my eyes open, you know, I'm a really kind of an introverted person. Like, I mean, I get my nourishment from time alone more than I uh -huh. do from time with people. So sitting here with my eyes open, I'm like, okay, when do I get to like retreat into myself and get into that spot? Like I keep kind of waiting and I can see the benefits of this practice, but I am struggling a little bit with that. Yeah. Is there more? No. That's so three. what spot? Get into that spot? Um, that in you mean that like your comfort zone? Internal, like that spaciousness, that, like, that resonant feeling where my heart is open. I don't know how you get into that. Um, let, uh, let's talk about the first question first and see if we can get back to that. So follow the instructions as they're given. You, then you don't have to worry about whether you should be watching your breath here, like Mr. Gawenka teaches, Anapanasati, concentration on breath, or other things. If you, while you're here and you said, you know, learning from this, then follow the instructions that are given, like eyes, I'm being pretty specific. Eyes, I meant to be, I meant to be more clear. And, I'm trying to follow them here. I'm not I know, always I'm, doing I'm sure. it, but I meant after I get home again. <laughs> well, let's wait till the end of the week and see about that. You might okay. be, you might not be going home. You might be like enlightened by then and a Zogchenot. <laughs> no, I'm sure you'll be going to what you call home, but it might not be the same you that's going. 
I mean, Scott will be the same. He'll make sure you get there. <laughs> but you might have some beginner's luck here. And I also started with Zen and Vipassana. So let's just skip the Zen part when I was in college because somehow it seems a little obscured to 60s. But I did my first 10-day mindfulness Vipassana Goenka course in August of 71. And um, then I learned really to meditate with that strict schedule and well, it was really great. So I did with my eyes closed for several years and it was hard to change over. That's one thing. Another thing is, as I'm very aware of, therefore I always say, you know, open your eyes and open everything and stop meditating. Try not, you know, don't, you don't have to try to concentrate, just relax, see what comes. So we're not just doing concentration or looking inwards. It's a little different dynamic to balance that idea that we need to go inward to find the peaceful place or what you call it, your heart, warm and opening, expansive place. So that's the instructions are like geared, you know, step by step to get into that. And when you go home, um, who, who knows? We'll see it when, if and when that happens, you know, just to put it funny. And we'll talk about integrating by the end of the week. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you. And Dzogchen, we don't concentrate that much on concentrate. We don't focus and, and cultivate concentration as much as awareness and openness. So that way when we go out of here, we're used to have being, cultivating awareness, being aware with our eyes open and like walking meditation with our eyes open and just letting everything in, not necessarily only in a quiet place but letting things come and go. And so it's in very integratable. I always had trouble integrating after a 10-day silent Goenka course with the noise and the speed outside, as we do even when we come out of here. But th those are a few thoughts. I myself, if I go inside, as I did for years, I learned like in those courses where you know, the schedule was 10, 12 hour, one hour at a time meditations a day and the silence and no meals afternoon and etc um no other distractions or outer input or media or anything uh and i wasn't entirely you know right about what i was doing but i was 21 years old no i was 20 and a half i tried to, not to think and i you know found i could like almost sort of do that for a while I'm not going to say how long because it doesn't matter. But, you know, that wasn't really the point. Nobody said that. It was more about mindfulness of thoughts or of sensations. So I was doing that. And then um, as I learned to meditate more and better, I found like a peaceful, still spot underneath it all or behind it all, kind of like my inner heart cave, to call it in poetry, not heart organ, heart cave or like the Pearl Mosque, you know. There's a famous mosque in Asia. The Pearl Mosque is all white and there's no image or nothing inside. Or like the Crystal Palace. So something like that, that I could really get into and stay in. But I also found that was like my comfort zone of total concentration and no thought and clarity and sort of bliss and comfy and security. And that was good to get me, keep me meditating like I had got something, like a safe place to go when things were bothering me or overwhelmed. 
but I wasn't that like penetrating or inquiring or like moving forward or evolving maybe. So that's why Buddhist meditation manuals say concentration is the means, but the awareness, wisdom, or insight is the end. Questions? Hi there. <clears throat> uh, my name is Matt. Matt? Yes. Hi. Hi. And I was wondering if you could say something about uh, the relationship between Mahmudra and Dzogchen. Oh, that's so theoretical. Well, no, no, okay. I, I actually not. I'd have to explain what is Mahamudra, what is Dzogchen, okay. and the difference. I, Are you practicing Mahamudra? Or you've yes. read about Mahamudra. In what tradition? Uh, Kagyu tradition, Karma Kagyu, Taisit Rinpoche. So, so. Very good. Yeah. I get. Yeah, I was think, thinking more. I mean, not not the whole big picture, but the the way that I was taught, it was very structured. But then right. when it. You know, sort of where, where it's, it's left off, at least, where the, you know, at the, the point, you know, I, I am, it's, it's more where you're beginning. Right. So I wonder if at that You've level, described it well. Yeah. So and Mahamudra is a little more gradual. Yes. Now, I'm not going to say that where Mahamudra ends, Dzogchen begins. Mahamudra goes all the way. But Mahamudra is a little more gradual, even though it's considered the penthouse of the Vajrayana and non-dual awareness. But there's also Sutra Mahamudra, which is very gradual, and Tantra Mahamudra, which is more like Dzogchen. That's one way of dividing, so you can see the gradual and the direct access, Buddha mind. Like Kala Rinpoche says in his famous Pith Instructions on Mahamudra, you may look like a lion-headed demon, but you know Mahamudra is still your true nature. So that's like the end, underneath it all. So, but generally Kagyu say Mahamudra and Dzogchen are a little uh, the same, and Dzogchen was say Mahamudra and Dzogchen are a little different because of gradual and sudden, and for other reasons. Like Mahamudra depends often on the six yogas, on tumo, the inner incandescence or inner heat, things that Dzogchen doesn't go into that much. Nyingmapa Buddhism goes into, but Dzogchen itself has three main practices. The Nundra of Dzogchen, which is not hundred thousands. It's called subtle discernment, Rushen, includes self-inquiry and understanding the difference between thought and pure awareness. So Rushen, the Nundro, the foundation of Dzogchen practice. And then the main practice, Tregchud, that I've been mentioning, which is like Mahamudra. And then the visionary practice or something, what comes next naturally is Togel, leap over or starting from the top. Or uh, <laughs> Raha Brimpache and Dan Brown told me they're translating it as overpass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> An overpass goes over the road. I mean, people will try anything. I, to I told them about trans real lessons, and they gave me the hairy eyeball. Like, <laughs> what does that have to do with our nice, you know, brilliant overpass translate? <laughs> just literally, togel, pass over. <laughs> anyway, Rushen, subtle discernment. Then, Tregchud. Seeing through, being through. That's like classic Mahamudra, Tantra Mahamudra meditation.
like Triangle Rinpoche and, you know, everybody generally teaches. And then leap over or being there, Togel. So those are a few similarities and differences. But for our purposes, I think if you just follow the instructions, you'll see the differences yourself. Like you don't hear me saying, try to look into the space between thoughts, which I often hear from Mahamudra teachers. Do you often hear that? Uh, not, not very often, actually, okay. from, from this particular teacher. I, I yeah. have heard that. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly heard that. So we emphasize yeah. more see through yeah. all thoughts and feelings, not look for the emptiness between thoughts. Yeah. That's all. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. No, no, no. What? From you? Well, <laughs> that's the difference between Timo and me, Mahamudra and Dzogchen. <laughs> and that's high praise. Usually I call them other things. <laughs> yes, Timo the Magnificent. <laughs> Um, Chucky Nimurumche has a book called uh, The Union of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. I don't recommend it, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard to write about. And he's a Tibetan. It's hard to write about it so that people with our background can understand. But it's a book. It's out there. People think about this. Once I gave Kalu Rinpoche, my root, late root guru, died in 1989, but it might have been 91, um, five pictures to sign. Of course, I had easy access to him, and people like signed pictures of the masters. So some people put a thumbprint on it, like in Tibet with the red ink, like a Chinese chop thumbprint. I have some of those. And some people sign something. So I have some signed by the Dalai Lama and other gurus, and I gave some out over the years. So Kala Rinpoche, since I had given him five, it was just a random number. I just had a few people that asked me to get some for them. So... I bought five pictures at the photo shop or something. In those days, we didn't have the internet and other ways of making reproductions and scanning. So I went, you know, I went to the DAS studios in Darjeeling and bought some pictures. They sell photos for us, for our authors and all. And it was five pictures of the same picture of Kala Rinpoche. I think he's sitting like this with the flowers or something. And, and the first one he wrote... Chagchen Naljorpa Kala Rinpoche, Mahamudra Yogi Kala Rinpoche. On the second one, he wrote Zogchen Naljorpa Kala Rinpoche, Zogchen Mahaati Yogi Zogchen Kala Rinpoche. On the third one, he wrote Majamika Yogi Kala Rinpoche, the Great Middle Way Yogi Kala Rinpoche. On the fourth one, he wrote Old Worn Out Dog Kala Rinpoche. <laughs> and on the fifth one, he wrote um, Lazy. Bishuku, that's what they used to call Shanti Deva, like rice bag or something. Bushuku Kala Rinpoche. <laughs> rice bag, you know, like just eats rice in the monastery, doesn't do anything else. That, that's their function and their life. Rice bag. So, same, different, both, neither, yes. Uh, Dan Brown has a wonderful giant tome on Mahamudra with all the precise details going through it step by step. If you know Dr. Dan Brown's work, you can look it up. Very precise. And he gives excellent Mahamudra courses that Westerners can understand and practice. Even my colleague, Lama Roger Walsh, went to uh, one or two of those recently. And he's a 45-year Buddhist and scholar. 
questions, please? Yes, Sarah. So it's uh, related to yesterday's question. Yes. Um, how do I, I feel uh, the silence, I have a fear of the silence and of this emptiness here. It's new and I'm, I'm scared. I, I feel that it's scaring me. So how do I deal with this? Um, with this? What do you mean the emptiness here? Not, like the silence, uh, being in quiet place, in my mind. I'm, yeah. Are you getting more calm and quiet? Yes. Uh, today, but yesterday, like, it was too much. But today, yes. But I think this scared me a bit. And uh, What uh, scared you? I scared you? Or no. the silence? The what silence. you call the emptiness scared you? Or yes, boredom? Uh, or being solitude? Alone, being alone. Um, um, even in my head, being alone, like, having this much Emptiness, like emptiness, maybe, or like uh, this. Like unfamiliar or I'm, I'm, disoriented. Um, Since you had fear and other things, it doesn't sound that empty. You know that like calm or emptied out or clear. So I felt today that uh, I got scared a bit of uh, the silence and the emptiness that I was feeling. It's, uh, do you have your own room or do you have a roommate? I have a roommate. Who's the roommate? Oh, scary. <laughs> Am I scary? <laughs> Look at those tiger stripes. <laughs> um, Julie, what do you think? You're sitting in the same row. I, it looks different from up here. What do, you, what do you have to say to our young sister, Sarah? Well, first, that it's not unusual. I mean, it's not an unusual experience, I think. Um, it's an experience I've had, so I can say that. I have to believe that other people have had this experience, um, going into silence and just being with yourself, you know, can be really scary. Um, and there's a way of being balanced about it. For me, it helps to move, for one thing, and that's not that seems to me very helpful and skillful in this place. Like you have to find ways of accommodating that fear. And sometimes that can be too difficult to welcome if you're being too still. And so there have been retreats that I've walked in between every meditation session until I could sit down again to kind of be again in that place or doing other physical activities, or um, grounding kinds of things. Um, chanting sometimes can be grounding for some people. For others, it, it's not, but things that are grounding, walking. Um. Like yesterday, uh, I did some gymnastic between two sessions because I felt I can't take it anymore. No, it's I, and I have too much energy that I need to put it somewhere. So I went and for 10, 15 minutes, I was doing my gymnastic. It helped me. But today, like, I felt um, being scared and the fear of the silence and being with myself is not okay for me. It means I'm, I'm not very okay. That's what I thought. So I was like, um, I what do you, that what, everything is. What do you mean by not okay? Like, uh, why should I be scared of being just with myself? It means that I have maybe things, problems that I don't know about, or like um, 
I don't know, maybe there's things that I wasn't seeing and now I'm, I'm not sure like why I'm, am I scared to be in silence and by myself. Many people um, observe or think or, you know, wise people have said the scariest thing in the world is to face oneself honestly. It doesn't, this is not a judgment about what's wrong with oneself. Just, you know, we have a lot of defense mechanisms and games and character and denial and hiding and dishonest, you know, deceiving ourselves at so many levels. And I don't even mean a big level, but you know, like the calories don't count if I eat nosh standing up at the fridge <laughs> or I'm going to stop smoking tomorrow. Or whatever. So I also stopped smoking. <laughs> <laughs> when did you stop since smoking? I, since I came here. Uh, oh. I, I smoked only one cigarette yesterday, but uh, I'm, I stopped. So it's, it's, it's very not the difficult. First time I stop. I stop yeah. usually. Stopping is very difficult, so that's no doubt adding to the, the pressure. Um, and you know, we have people here who have fasted, who have tried to do a week fast or stay up all night. And as soon as I find out, I just hit them over the head, especially if they're certain people. You're a new student, so I won't hit you over the head, but I'm making a point of like the middle way and be gentle with yourself and coming here and stop taking your meds or stop smoking is kind of contraindicated. I don't know what to do about smoking here. So I'm not going to say anything. You can talk to the management, but coming to a retreat like this in silent intensive and not taking me your meds, stopping smoking, um, I don't know what, you know, going on a strict uh, vegan diet or fast is not recommended. We're doing enough work in this pressure cooker. So try to, you know, just be normal in the other areas of life. And then those good uh, habit changes one could take on later. Anyway, um, we're all scared. I'm scared when I face the emptiness, to use your words. And, uh, but then I look into who or what is scared, and it's my ego. It's my small self. It's my self-clinging that's scared. It's not really me. And it's not what I think it is. It's not that empty. It's not that empty. There's plenty going on. It's the best show in town. It may be a horror show, but it's the only show in town. You got to dig it with well, that part. And then comes the next part, the cartoons. And then comes the next part, you know, the love story. And then comes the next part. It's like a drive-in with continual movies. You remember drive-ins, drive-in theater? No. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like a movie theater with continual movies. It's like, it's like Netflix. It's like having it on all the time. It's a, thank you. I don't know what Netflix is, but it's like, a <laughs> it's like a combination of Netflix and Pandora or Spotify. And it just goes from one to the other of a similar related to you, you know, your channel. <laughs> so as we try to work on ourselves and gain self-knowledge and self-realization and make peace with ourselves, you know, however you think of it. Making peace with God is a nice way of putting it for Westerners, but it also that includes making peace with yourself. You know, God has already made peace and accepted you. You know, have you accepted yourself? Is my question. And this is hard. This is a silent, intensive, you know, eight day, did I say yet, intensive pressure cooker retreat. Not a workshop, not a class, not 
you know, two sessions a day yoga retreat in Mexico and the rest of the time at the beach and at the casino and smoking cigarettes probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> at the casino, on the beach, with the little drinks, with the umbrellas. Hey, I did my yoga today twice. What more do you want from me here in the Bahamas <laughs> with my partner? I teach every year uh, almost at the Sivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas, which is a wonderful place to go if you want to do yoga. And there's real swamis and sannyasis and expert yoga teachers and philosopher teachers and wonderful people there in spirit of service. But it is such a clash of culture of all the different things that are in the Bahamas. Like just down the same beach is that famous Atlantis Hotel that has like a building like that that's in the James Bond movies, that's in all the posters. If you see a picture of the Bahamas these days, cruise in the Bahamas, you know, it's Atlantis Hotel, which is like that with a, I don't know what you call that, overpass, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and casino and everything, you know. And we're down at the other end eating vegan and no caffeine and no black tea and trying to get up in the morning. And some people are going down, hurrying down the beach and coming back with their Starbucks <laughs> at, at 6 a.m. before yoga. <laughs> you know how it is. Man cannot live a woman by spirit alone. I've tried, take my word for it. So any last burning question before we end? Yes, young man. What's your name? I know you probably told me. Charlie? <laughs> okay, then I'm just going to call you Brooklyn. Uh, okay, Eli. Brooklyn. Eli. Don't you lie to me. All right. <laughs> um, I wanted you to elaborate a little bit on opening your eyes during meditation. I've never done it before. And what I wanted to know first, like, do you recommend doing it in the guided sessions, the silent guided sessions? And... When we do it, are we supposed to focus on one point or just like have a fuzzy awareness of the room? Good question. So today I lightly introduced that without describing a lot of just lean back a little and gaze gently. I call it gazing. So you're not staring, you're not looking for anything. You're not focused on one thing. So like if you sat out on the bench overlooking the river, maybe that's a good way to do it. So you're not trying to focus on one thing. If you're on a hillock or something overlooking the ocean, of course you can focus on it, but in general it's more like, you know, what you do at a viewpoint when you stop on the road and you look out over the Palisades or something, you know, just gaze. I thought it was a metaphor, so I kept my eyes closed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw, I wrote you down in my speed, you know, traffic violation book here. <laughs> it's right here, Charlie. From New Jersey. <laughs> You'll be getting something in the mail. <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> Thank you. In Brooklyn, you skipped a step. It is all a metaphor. And also on the relative level, I'm trying to give you some practical tips. Instead of just saying, just be, as you already are, we cultivate presence and presencing and, you know, awareness and, you know what I'm saying? These are all metaphors. Because you already are. You're completely here and now. Where else could you be? And yet we don't entirely know that or we think we're lost in the past or in the future. Or, you know, if you really look into it, we are already perfectly as we're meant to be. And it's a lawful karmic unfolding. This is, you know, 
I don't know if you believe in God. People say it's God's will. That's what it means. It's a lawful karmic unfolding. There's reasons for everything that happens. And if the more you can be with it and not fight against it, the less irritation you'll feel. That doesn't mean you can't try to change anything for the better, but also not have unrealistic expectations about how it's going to turn out. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.